Hey, hello, what's poppin' friends? It's me, your girl, and your host, Francesca, a.k.a. Fran, a.k.a. Fantastic. Welcome to another episode of the podcast, Now That's Fantastic. I can't wait to hop into it with you guys. But before we start, here's your friendly reminder that today and every day is the perfect day to be the overall badass you were born to be. And don't you dare, don't you dare deny the world the chance to bask in your brilliance. All right, now that that's out of the way, let's get it popping, shall we? What is up, y'all? We are back for another episode, and I cannot be more excited to jump into this topic today. But first, I just gotta let y'all know that I am dancing in my room because I'm so excited. Like, I am just so juiced off of having this outlet of expression. Um, My imposter syndrome is getting its ass whooped lately because I'm doing it. You know what? The hardest part about doing something for me personally, is getting my ass up and doing it. Like going to the gym, take that for example. Like I want to lose these 25 pounds that I gained of COVID weight, right? I just couldn't stop shoveling ice cream in my mouth. So I have to lose this 25 pounds, right? Because I'm trying to be bamboo, but whatever. And um, the hardest part for me is literally getting my tennis shoes on and taking my ass for a run. So I'm excited to be here. It takes a lot to get up and be vulnerable. Like, it is not easy. So if vulnerability is something that you are working on, girl, let me just say, it is not easy. But once you start doing it, it it starts coming naturally. And on top of that, let me just say that when you find something that you're passionate about, you just best better start running with it. And here's why. Your passions and your achievements will never, I repeat, never wake up one day and tell you that it doesn't love you anymore. So you best better give it all you got. You best better give it all you got. So with that being said, we're going to hop right in, right off the bat, about what self-love isn't. So let me just start by saying This episode is completely inspired by this book that I got in the last two weeks, and I ordered this book about a month ago, and I've been in it the past two weeks, and the book is called Self-Love Workbook for Women, How to Release Self-Doubt, Build Self-Compassion, and Embrace Who You Are. I'm in love with this book, and you know, with the trend on social media about self-love and what self-love looks like and it while that's different for everybody and I'm loving it I just don't know if I have always seen these posts and just never really gave any attention to it very much or you know if this book is bringing these posts more to my attention but I've just been seeing posts on social media that I'm like damn I really resonate with that I agree that's a part of what my self-love looks like too so While I'm saying what self-love looks like, it's different for everybody. Like what self-love looks like to me and what self-love looks like for you, it's probably going to be a little bit the same, but it's going to be pretty much different also. Everybody has different, how do I say, rituals or things that they do for themselves to make themselves feel good. But what I'm learning and what 
I'm reading about and what I've noticed is that what self-love isn't is literally the same across the board. Like while showing oneself what self-love is, there is a bottom line list of flat out what self-love isn't. And that's what I'm going to be talking about on this podcast episode today. So I would really like to just clear the air on a toxic expectation on self-love. Self-love is not, and I will say this again, I will repeat it again four, five, six, a gazillion times. What self-love is not is, it is not being happy all the time. Nope, nuh-uh. The whole happy people are always happy bullshit has got to go. That stigma around self-love is such a trap for feeling like a failure on your not-so-easy days. It's like, if I could just tell you to get one thing out of your brain, it's like, take that happy people are happy all the time shit and just toss it out of the window, toss it out of the car window, toss it, flush it down the toilet, let it go down the drain as you're washing your hair and clearing your energy. Let that go. Something else that I really want to clear the air on is toxic positivity. Toxic positivity is like the biggest F word ever. The biggest fake word ever. It's Being positive all the time is what I'm talking about. Like, being positive all the time is, like, the equivalent to, like, what we would be like, ooh, she's so fake. Like, if you are positive all the time, I don't trust you. Period. I'm like, oh, okay, they're way too positive all the time. Like, I just cannot get behind that, like, whatsoever. You know why? Because people have shitty days. It's okay to be like, my day really fucking sucked. And you know what? I'm going to eat chicken nuggets because my day sucked. Or this pandemic is straight up ruining my life and I can't get over it. Or I can't believe I dated that asshole and that person got in my head. Like nowhere in the world has someone been positive about this pandemic. I don't care what anybody says. And if they aren't they're negative in their head and that's some internalized shit that I don't even want to like, I I know, I know. So really what I'm saying is toxic positivity is not self-love. Toxic positivity is toxic. And if you're telling me to just like be positive when I just lost both my jobs due, due to a pandemic and like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Honestly. So Clearing the air on, once again, the toxic expectation that happy people are happy all the time. Because guess what? I'm happy and I'm happy most days, but I am not happy all the time. It's not real at all. So that brings us to the next what self-love isn't, and that is self-love is not found in a space where shame-based criticism or fear lives damn. That second part is something that I'm actually working on as we speak. I am literally such a fear-driven person. I think it goes back to my coping mechanisms around my trauma as a kid where it's like, I need to fight or flight. I need to like figure it out 
or something because something bad's going to happen. You know, that being fear-driven, it's a character defect. I'm working on it, but it exists nonetheless. So how can I make this? Uh, Let's use my podcasting as an example. It took me a long time to commit to this outlet of expression for many reasons. Some being, what if people don't like me? What if people think my voice is annoying? What if people use my vulnerability in a way to harm me or diminish me? And my least favorite, the moment my imposter syndrome comes in to shit on my head with the thought of, what if I'm not healed enough to speak on these topics? Or what if I just don't feel worthy of sharing these thoughts and realizations? I suffer from OCD. And no, I'm not talking about the bullshit OCD so loosely thrown around by millennials when they match their socks perfectly. Although, real talk, real talk, that's a part of it. I'm talking about obsessive thoughts that for years talked me out of doing or trying things I'm passionate about and fears of failing. Point being, I'm constantly working around my fear of failure. It is an ongoing and it feels like a literal endless process. So some things that I've learned to just do to help talk myself through this is having sayings. When I fear judgments, I have to remind myself that I may be the juiciest, ripest, sweetest peach in the world. Yet there's always going to be someone who just doesn't like peaches. And in the moments I feel people will turn and use my vulnerability against me, I have to remind myself that I'm not ashamed of anything that I've done. I've talked it out with people, I've shared my shame, and I'm no longer a slave to my shame. Because I've learned that I have nothing to be ashamed of. I have nothing to be ashamed of what I've done, who I did it with, and where I did it. Therefore, anything I accept about myself wholeheartedly, like wholeheartedly, accept it about myself, there's nothing anybody can say to me and there's nothing that can be used in a way to diminish me. And when it comes to my imposter syndrome, in all honesty, my brain can really, like really, really, really lay a can of whoop ass on me. Worse than when our moms used to try and like, hit us with the spoon if we talked smart or didn't get a good grade or some crazy stuff like that. And truth be told, some days I lose. I lose to my brain and the can of whoop ass that it lays. But there are some days that I also win. I have to constantly remind myself that this outlet of expression that I share, it isn't meant to be liked by everybody. And if I was trying to make this be liked by everybody, I would probably be hella boring. Hella boring and just some average shit. But you know what? Its sole purpose, this podcast's sole purpose, and I have to remind myself this, its purpose is to empower and inspire by the work that I've done. The work that I've done to continue to be healed, empowered, and be inspired. In recovery that I still carry with myself, even though I'm not in active recovery, I was taught that I can only keep what I have by giving it away. So if I keep all of this inspiration or I keep all of this knowledge to myself, 
I'm just going to be left in my own head, not sharing my experiences, not getting feedback, the good feedback and the bad feedback. Therefore, I can't continue to give it if I'm not sharing it and getting it in return. Seriously, it's a thing. Which then brings me into the next what self-love isn't, because now that we know that shame-based criticism is not a place where it can live, I can 110% guarantee that self-love is also not found in self-shaming and self-criticism. It really just isn't. If you think that that method will make you better, you're wrong. In fact, all that self-shaming that you're doing and self-criticism that you're doing to yourself, thinking that it's going to put a fire under your ass and do better, it will probably just keep reminding yourself of the shitty shit that you did. You're not going to be able to move on from it and you'll probably feel worse and even more disconnected from yourself. I truly believe that self-shaming is the worst form of anti-self-love. When you're self-shaming yourself or you're self-criticizing yourself and you're just like playing the scenario and all that crap inside of your head all day thinking that you're just going to like be like, oh, that made me feel this way when I did that. So I better not do that again. Or you're horrible for doing that. You know what you're doing? You know what I'm doing when I do that? I'm going to speak in an I statement here is I'm literally keeping myself from being proud of the things that make me well me. Yeah, we make mistakes. We hurt people's feelings. Maybe personally, I get too blunt with my friends and they're like, damn, you're kind of an asshole. And I'm like, damn, I kind of am an asshole. And then I'm like, no, Fran, you're not an asshole for your advice or your feedback. You're not an asshole, Fran. But what you really need to do is you need to work on your delivery. That's something that I'm working on right now is my delivery. But when I tell myself, wow, you're such an asshole. Why do you talk like that? Then I just am like, well, I'm an asshole. And that's why I talk like that. Hell no. Hell no. When I am self-shaming myself and self-criticizing myself, I am just making myself feel worse about myself. And I 110% guarantee that if you're doing that for yourself, there's just no way, no way that self-love is there. And if you're doing that to yourself, I guess I'm just going to just say, as a suggestion, maybe try being a little bit kinder and gentler to yourself. We have this voice in our head. It's called our number one voice. And it's the voice that talks to us inside of our head. Kind of when we're like doing that dumb bitch checklist, like, do you got your keys? You got your wallet? You got your... When you're walking out of the house, that's that voice, that voice number one. When that voice number one isn't being nice to you, there is no way that self-love can live there. And I think that that is 110% true across the board. If anybody's doing that, if you're doing that, when I'm doing that, I am not being to service to myself at all. We got to throw that one out of the window. No self-shaming and no self-criticizing, period. And finally, self-love is not based on your achievements and external measurements of success. Whew. That one. 
Self-love is not based on your achievements and your external measurements of success. How many times have you been having a really shitty day and then you walked into Sephora and you were like, I'm just going to buy myself everything. And then before you know it, those five products that you bought costed $300 and you felt really, really good because you went home and had that new Becca highlighter though. But then afterwards, you were like, oh, yeah, I bought that, but now I still feel like shit. Yeah, my highlighter is popping. That champagne pop though is popping, but I don't feel great anymore. Personally, this is my hardest pill to swallow. And whenever I get lost in the sauce, it's normally because I fall into the headspace of I am what I am accomplishing. I am an OCD goal-driven perfectionist. I love setting goals and making my goals a reality, making my goals my bitch and doing that perfectly. But let's say I give it the good old college try and perhaps I'm not good at whatever I'm doing or it doesn't come naturally or hiccups come up. I have a tendency to get down on myself until I remind myself for the millionth time, I mean, let's face it, I'm human, that who I am and what I accomplish are not the same thing. When I first started my self-love journey and I started getting those promotions or I started buying the Gucci shoes because I wasn't spending my money on alcohol anymore or being a party animal. I was feeling good and you know what for those brief seconds it was taking me out of myself and I started using those things as a way to feel good about myself thinking that oh well I got the Gucci shoes on or oh I got this or oh I got that like I love myself because it looks good. I love myself because I got that achievement or I got that down and I made that goal my bitch. I love that. Love that about me. Love that for me. But no. Who I am and what I accomplish and what I'm wearing is not the same thing. Loving myself when I put the shoes in the closet and when I come home from work It's a different person that I'm loving when I take those shoes off and I look in the mirror and I see my 10 toes on the floor. It's a different feeling when I'm at home and I don't have people praising me for the hustler that I am. Don't get me wrong. I'm hella proud of being that hustler. And don't get me wrong. I hella love wearing my designer things and having great things and nice things. I love that. And I'm proud of myself for accomplishing that. But when I let my productivity measure my worth, in those moments, I'm not giving myself love the validation that it needs. And I'm not giving it, myself love that is, the proper environment to thrive genuinely. When we are hustling and let's say buying the designer to prove to ourselves and others that we are worthy, shortly and quickly turns to an endless loop of achievement highs 
purchase highs, which I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be real real right now. I'd rather feel a self-love low, rocking some Pradas. But in all seriousness, the loop becomes an empty, endless loop that mistakenly, in those moments, feels like self-love. And like I'm saying, it's not to be confused with those treat yourself moments because you're putting the work in. You deserve that shit. Those moments are vital. But those moments personally have also gotten me in trouble at the Gucci store, but have fooled me into thinking that I loved myself. It wasn't until I looked in the mirror at myself and I had none of that on and I was at home and I was really able to say Fran I love you and you know it really didn't happen until one time I went in and I went to ask for a raise because I had been there for a while I started owning up and bossing up and taking on jobs that kind of weren't my responsibility and I got denied the raise I was so down on myself I was like oh my God, this must mean that I'm not a good worker. Or, oh my God, like maybe I'm just not good enough. Or maybe all this stuff started flooding my head. I went home that night and I looked in the mirror and I was like, "Mm -mm, girl, you put that hard work in. You did all that because it brought you joy and you loved to do that. That raise that you didn't get, it doesn't mean that you still aren't great. Girl, look at you right now. You're great. You bossed up and asked for that raise. It takes a lot of courage to ask for a raise. <laughs> and you did it. I'm proud of you that you spoke up and went for something that you wanted. I love you. And you know what? We'll try to get the raise another day. And maybe you'll get it. I later did get it. So it all worked out anyways. But in that moment, it was a lesson to myself like, Who you are and what you're accomplishing just ain't the same thing. You know you're still a great worker with or without the race. And don't change that about yourself. All right. So this episode is definitely going to be short and sweet and straight to the point. So let's do a recap. So we now know that self-love isn't being happy all the time. And toxic positivity is a thing. And let me just say, don't be that girl. Don't be that girl. Self-love isn't found in a space where shame-based criticism or fear lives. And it's also not found in spaces full of self-shaming and self-criticism either. And lastly, the big one I think for myself personally is self-love is not based on your achievements and external measurements of success. I truly believe when we can identify what self-love isn't, It starts to lay the groundwork and it paves the way to laying the foundation of identifying and adopting habits that serve us rather than staying in cycles that destroy us. I've learned about myself and the creative that I am that when I'm not creating or expressing myself in some form one way or another, I'm probably destroying myself in some way or another. And that's just my honest truth. I think when we're able to identify what self-love isn't, instead of comparing our self-love journey to others and what theirs look like, it's hard when we're comparing what our self-love looks like to, say, an influencer's self-love. And 
that's only because social media, it's a facade. Like nobody is going on Instagram and posting about their hard times. You know, I don't even think Instagram was designed for something like that. You know, it's like people go on Instagram and they talk about their bubble baths with champagne or wine. And like, I've been that girl too, where I've posted a bubble bath all perfect with a candle and I have my nice glass of rosé, but my world was falling apart outside of that picture. And I was in the bath because I was trying to take care of my anxiety. (laughs) Okay. It's like self-love looks different for everybody. And you're selling yourself short when you're comparing it to everybody else. Relating to somebody and being like, damn, I relate to that. Me too. That's a part of my journey too. Or, oh, that makes me feel better too. Or that saying really resonates with me. Awesome. It's different than, oh, that's what they do for self-love. So that's what I'm going to go and do too. So I truly believe, and it's not talked about enough about what self-love isn't. That when we're able to identify what self-love isn't, it really helps figure out what self-love is and how we nurture that voice in our head or that feeling that we feel. And being able to identify what self-love isn't has helped me in my badassery journey immensely. It's helped me accept the screw-ups or perhaps the wrong turns I've made or the shitty decisions that I've decided to do or have done. And I am so happy that it has done that for me. I'm so happy that I found books that have helped me identify what self-love isn't. I'm so happy that I got this self-love workbook for women because it's a two-part book and you read a little, you write a little, you write goals, you reflect, you write mantras for yourself and you set intentions. It's it's just such a good book. I am going to put a link to this workbook in the bio of this podcast because it's truly incredible and I don't know about y'all but I love when books find me or when somebody suggests a book to me and it just fits the place that I'm in and if you haven't noticed already you don't just like find self-love and then that's it self-love is literally an ongoing process. It never ends. It's like one of those journeys where you get to where you think you want to go and then you're like, oh wait, there's still something else upon that horizon. That's what self-love is for me anyways. And from the women and the men and the people that I come into contact that are very self-aware, they say the same thing. You don't just get to a point and get that trophy. It never ends. You are always going to be a work in progress. And if you're progressing, you're really only just in the running of who you're becoming. And becoming is always changing. 
it's always changing. I'm always changing into something else. Not because I'm a shapeshifter, but because that's what growth is. I had a ex-boyfriend who told me that I changed. And I just thought of that one Janae Aiko song where she's like, shame on me for changing, but shame on you for staying the same. And that quote in that song, when I heard it and I realized what she was saying, because I was like in a trance by her beautiful voice, it was like, damn, Janae, that is real. Change is good and change is going to happen, especially if you are trying to get to a point with yourself. Old habits die hard, but the definition of insanity is making the same decision expecting a different result. If you want to grow and bloom, you got to make some changes, some serious ones, and it's usually around the ones that keep you well, unhappy with yourself. So lastly, before I head off here today, I'll end this episode of what self-love isn't by saying, and hear me out. Take a sec, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Because it's so cheesy sounding, but it's the truth. Self-love is a journey of progress. And self-love is extending kindness to ourselves, no matter the outcome. May this week be a week full of what self-love looks like for you rather than what it doesn't. And if you like this episode, you already know what to do. Like it, share it, repost it, share it with your mama, share it with your cousin, share it for somebody who's starting their self-love journey. Let them know what self-love ain't. And ultimately, it's a never-ending process. So there's plenty of outlets, and I hope this one is one that you enjoy. And if you want some visually stimulating creativeness, go ahead and give me a follow at fantastic.d. And with that, I will talk to y'all on the next episode because now that's fantastic. Fantastic.